Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Fibber McGee and Molly Show. NBC and Tums present Fibber McGee and Molly Transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Huckle. will be with you in a minute. This is Don Wilson for Tom. Nothing quite robs vitality like a poor night's sleep. When you toss and turn all night, you just can't put your best foot forward the next day. So if you're one of many whose sleep is interrupted by acid indigestion or heartburn, keep a handy roll of Tums at bedside. Then, as soon as excess stomach acid starts churning, reach for Tums. No need to get up for glasses, water, or spoons. There's nothing to mix. You take Tums right where you are. Peel off a couple minty-tasting Tums and eat like candy. Instantly, Tums go to work to bring you wonderful relief. Then you drift back to sleep, wake up in the morning feeling refreshed, all set to put your best foot forward. Get Tums to keep at bedside. Only ten cents a roll, everywhere. got roped into taking Teeny and them kids on that hike tomorrow. I don't know either, dearie, but you get into these things so easily. Don't worry about it. You'll probably have fun. Huh, like fun, I'll have fun. Them kids will run my legs off. Well, I don't know how it started, but you've got quite a reputation around the neighborhood as an outdoor man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mabel Dukes was telling me this morning that her Willie says that you're going to teach the children such odd woodcraft as uh, how to tell a bear's age from his claw marks on a tree. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Kids exaggerate, you know that. I know one kid who does, anyhow. I only said if we found any bear claw marks on the tree out there in the woods. That's all. Stand by while I try this trick again, will you? Isn't that stunt a little silly? Forget that, No, Ron. none of them kids expect me to be a regular Daniel Boone, Molly. Besides, my Boy Scout manual says it can be done, and I'm going to keep trying till I do it. You ready? Go ahead, I'm ready. You see, you've been rubbing those sticks together all day and nothing happens. You can't start a fire that way. Maybe I'm using the wrong kind of sticks. Does it say in my Boy Scout manual? Let me see that book. Give me it. Here. Can I put the bucket of water down now? Yeah, leave it there, though. I'm going to try again in a minute. Now, let's see. It says, when lost in the woods without flint, Fire can be made by rubbing two ordinary dry twigs together rapidly, as shown in illustration B. That's what I've been doing. I've got an idea. Try it with these sticks here. Ah, put those matches down, Molly. That isn't funny. I think you're taking this whole thing too seriously, McGee. Well, gee whiz. You're just taking the children for a hike through Dugan's Woods. They'll all pack their lunches. You're not going to get snowed in. So what do you have to make a fire for? To show the kids I can do it. That's what's for. Them little kids, they look up to me, Molly. Teeny and all of them, they all look up to me. Sure, you're taller. I mean, they admire me. I admire you too, sweetheart, but (laughs) you don't have to rub any dry sticks together to kindle a spark for me. Yeah, but you don't think I was captured as a child by a savage Indian tribe that taught me all the tricks of Indian woodcraft, too, either. Who does? Well, I just happened to mention it to Teeny and Willie Toops. Mm-hmm. My gosh, how'd I know their dad ratted nature teacher that he was going to take them on this hike in the first place? How'd I know he was going to turn chicken and get the mumps just to get out of it? Mumps? Yeah, he got the mumps. 
So I get the kids. Ten of them. Doctor boy! Hi, daughter. I brought your riddles. They're in the kitchen. Thanks, Mr. Oldtimer. Hey, Johnny. What's this you hear about you taking a bunch of kids on a hike tomorrow? Where'd you hear about? Delivered the groceries to Fuller's yesterday. And that little ape child of theirs, Freddie, he was practicing hatchet throwing in the backyard. Yeah, well, did he tell you I about... parked the grocery truck in the alley and he flung your scout axe clean through the windshield. Oh, my. Well, sir, while I was putting the busted windshield on their grocery bill, to come to 1480, me and the boy got to talking. And he told you about the hike, eh? No, he told me to give him back his scout axe. Oh. So I says to him, Freddie, I says, it ain't nice to go around throwing hatchets through people's windshields, I says. And he says, oh, your mama's mustache. Oh, dear, what a way to talk. Well, it's very disrespectful, daughter, because mama, of course, was clean shaven. <laughs> <laughs> well, who told you I was taking the kill? Oh, I says to him, Freddie, I says, that ain't a nice way to talk, I says. <laughs> Little boys, I says, ought to be, I says, polite. <laughs> and just to make sure he understood what I meant, I fetched him one over the ear. <laughs> you were taking your life in your hands. But who told you I was taking... Well, sir, he'd give an Indian war whoop, run in the house, and come back out with a Tommy hat. You mean a Tommy Hawk? Tommy hat, daughter. Big, ugly kid that lives next door. <laughs> so with that, I seen I was outnumbered, and I got in the truck and went home. Ain't that an interesting experience? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but what about the hike? Take my advice, son. Don't go. Oh, shortly. A match, a cigarette, pipe, or campfire can send flames rampaging through America's precious forests, causing enormous losses in natural resources, wildlife, and in many cases, human lives. Careless travelers year after year have been responsible for fires which consume millions of acres of timber and grasslands and result in what has been called America's most shameful waste. Shameful because nine out of every ten forest fires could have been prevented if travelers had observed a few simple common sense precautions. Think of it. Ninety percent of our forest fires are caused by careless people who may, even unwittingly, start huge conflagrations that require the day and night toil of hundreds of men battling the flames at the peril of their lives. So do remember and observe these simple rules. Crush out all cigarette, cigar, and pipe ashes. Break all matches in two after using them. Drench all campfires thoroughly. Stir and douse again. And above all, first find out what the law is about using fire in that area. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. trying to make a fire by rubbing those silly twigs together? I thought you gave that up. I'm trying something. You watch. Watch this. Definitely, Dave, they're on fire. Well, if that is... How, how'd you ever do it? I promise you won't tell Teeny and the kids. Okay. I split the twigs in the middle and hit a match in each twig. Oh, McGee. And just to make sure there isn't any slip-up, I soaked the sticks in gasoline. McGee, for heaven's sake, isn't this getting a little ridiculous? I don't see why you... Answer the door, will you, kiddo? I want to keep practicing this thing so I can do it like Daniel Boone. All right. Oh, dear. My mother always told me the man I married should be sweet and gentle and kind. This one is sweet and gentle, but what kind I haven't figured out. Well, hello, Dr. Gamble. Come in. Hiya, Molly. Where's your little millstone? I heard that, large bucket. And I'm in the den. 
Come on in. I'll show you a little woodcraft. Show me what? He's Daniel Bone today, Doctor. Oh? He's practicing up on how to start a fire by rubbing two dry sticks together. McGee? Start a fire by rubbing two sticks together? Oh, he couldn't kindle a blaze in a celluloid factory with a blowtorch. <laughs> oh, is that so? Yeah. Well, for your biggie fat information, Greaseball, I just done it. He really did, Doctor. Of course, he split the sticks. Tell him nothing, Molly. Now, tell him nothing. So... You don't think I can start a fire by rubbing two ordinary sticks together, eh? Not in a million years. You want to bet? Any amount. A box of cigars. Oh, now, McGee. Okay, one cigar, then. Just one cigar. It's a pleasure. Here's my cigar. Here's mine. We'll let Molly hold them because she don't smoke. Now, watch. I take this ordinary twig of maple, and I rub it against this ordinary twig of oak. Well? In a minute, Hasty. I'm entitled to another try. You might as well save yourself the trouble, Butterfingers. <laughs> Your matches fell out of the sticks. What? <laughs> Thanks for the cigar, ham-handed. Uh, Have a happy hike tomorrow and call me when you get back. I got a special this week on poison ivy. <laughs> Bye, Molly. Bye, Doctor. Gosh, can't even do it with matches. Oh, well, so what? You mustn't worry about Let's it. Let's face it. As a woodsman, I'm a flop. Oh, now you haven't even been to the woods yet. Don't be... You know good and well, if I take them kids out tomorrow, I'll come back here with briar scratches, poison oak, chigger bites, and bee stings. I'm not going to do it. Hand me the phone. The phone? I've made up my mind. I'm going to call the school principal and tell him I'm sick. I'm no Indian scout, and by George... You'll have to wait a minute, dearie. 79 West for Vista, Mata McGee speaking. Who? Oh, Mr. Huntoon. Well, isn't that a coincidence? We were just going to call you. It's the school principal, McGee. Give me that. I'll talk to him. With all the teachers they got at that school, let somebody else take them kids. What's that, Mr. Huntoon? Oh, a reporter from the newspaper. Well, I don't know. You see... What's this about a reporter? The newspaper thinks it's wonderful how a plain citizen interests himself in taking children on trips to the outdoors. Mr. Huntoon told him about it, and the paper would like to do a story on you. He did? Well, give me that phone. Now, don't get angry. After all, he didn't know you changed your mind. Hello, Huntoon. McGee. Yeah. About that reporter from the paper. Huh? Oh, they said they were going to send him over here, eh? Oh, no, no, no. That's perfectly all right. Fine. I'll be happy to give him a story on how a real woodsman lives in the woods. Yep. Spent a lot of time with the Indians in my boyhood, you know. Heavenly day. I'll get some ordinary twigs together and show him how to make a fire without matches. He can take pictures of them. Hang on a minute, Huntoon. That's our doorbell. Answer the door, will you, dear? It might be the gentleman of the press. Mm. This is the fastest switch I've seen since the one my kindergarten teacher used to use. Coming! What'd you say, Hunt? Oh, no, don't mind taking the kids out at all. Yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah, they can learn a lot. Get them over here tomorrow morning, bright and early. Right. Goodbye. McGee, the reporter's here. Yeah. Well, let's not keep the press waiting, my dear. Show the man in. Yes, sir. Right this way, sir. Oh, thanks, Mrs. McGee. Hmm? Would you hold my lollipop while I get this dumb interview over with? Now, wait a minute, Willie Toops. You're the reporter? It isn't Brenda Starr. It's for the school paper. But Jughead, our editor, he thought you'd be hot copy. So we asked Mr. Huntoon... Well, sit down, son. We'll start at the beginning. I was born in a little white house on the top of Kickapoo Hill... Back in Peoria, during the Indian days, and when I was just a mere child. We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. Hello, folks. This is Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. 
You may not realize it, but you have the key to my house. And all you have to do to get in on Wednesday nights is turn your radio dial to NBC. You'll meet my little family. There's Leroy. Hi, Aunt. Hello, Leroy. And then there's our wonderful housekeeper. What are you doing, talking to yourself? No, my boy, I'm talking to millions of people. Oh, good. Can I say something to him? Well, I suppose so. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the kindest, most generous uncle in the whole world. Well, thank you. And just to prove it, he will not cross my palm with a quarter. Leroy. I'm going. That boy. Miss Cassie! Yes, Bertie. Uh, Bertie's our housekeeper. One of your girlfriends is on the phone. Oh? Who is it? She sounds like a blonde. <laughs> yeah, I'll be right there. And, folks, on Wednesday nights, you'll meet Mr. Peavy. He isn't here now. No, I wouldn't say that. Oh, Peavy, I didn't see you behind me. <laughs> see you Wednesday night, folks. So there's ten kids going on the hike, Molly, and they're all going to be here tomorrow morning at 9.30. Say, has it occurred to you to wonder how you get ten children out to Dugan's Woods to start the hike? It's 15 miles out there, you know. Oh, didn't I tell you? The principal is going to let us use the school's new station wagon. The new one? Yeah. I'd better go along and drive. That's what the principal said. Good night. <laughs> Good night, all. NBC and Tums, T-U-M-S, Tums for the Tummy, have brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed. With Bill Thompson as the old-timer, Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble, and Richard Beals as Willie Toop. This is John Wald inviting you to take a trip to the woods tomorrow with a busload of children and Fibber McGee and Bob. Here, Jim Fleming with the Heart of the News tonight on the NBC Radio Network. Oh.